Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden, here with Aaliyah Kidd, multimedia editor for the Peninsula Pulse. And our guest this week is J.R. Schoenfeld from the Chives Restaurant. How are you doing, J.R.? Good. And you? I'm doing all right. So why don't we why don't we jump right in? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and then we'll kind of dig into some different questions this week. Um, yeah, I've been in food service for a really long time, you know, 25, 30 years, um, and done the gamut of it. I lived in New Orleans. I was in... The East Coast, I traveled, I was in Alaska for a while, my parents lived in Europe, so I've been a little bit of a gypsy, um, but about uh, 15 years ago, after I left the East Coast, I was uh, the executive sous chef for Dartmouth College, and I was the executive chef and food and beverage director for Stowe Mountain Resort Ski Area. I moved to the Midwest to uh, help with the transition of old Lambeau Field to new Lambeau Field, some kitchen design and some... Uh, you know, some consulting work and stuff like that. And uh, after a few years, that was, uh, I was done there when Lambeau Field was completed. And I traveled with uh, the PGA and did a bunch of different stuff. I did PGA, I did Bonnaroo Music Festival in in, uh, Tennessee. I did Ben and Jerry's Music Festival, Cirque du Soleil, anything really big. Anything really big that happened in a short period of time, pretty much I did. Uh, then I got sick of the road, so I started opening up restaurants around here. Um, I did uh, my first one, um, Chives in Green Bay. And after that, I did Blue and De Pere. I did uh, what's now the pizza place, uh, Rustique in Suamico, um, an old church. And then I did Blue and Ledgeview. Uh, Rye and Appleton, and then I discovered Door County, and I really love Door County. Now I'm getting kind of out of everything down south and concentrating up here. Uh, so what what got you into food in the first place? Um, you know, I always loved it, but I went to go to college in New Orleans, and New Orleans has this effect on you that you like to eat and drink and do that. And I kind of worked my way through college and restaurants and decided that's the way I wanted to go. So uh, after I left New Orleans, I was in Indianapolis for a while and then went out to the East Coast and uh, went to New England Culinary Institute and um, just grew from there. Moved. I've been a gypsy. So, What did you go to college for originally? Um, you know, just like anybody, I wasn't really sure I was going to college. And uh, in the path of deciding what I wanted to do, I found that I really loved food. Um, and the schools that I was going to and what I was doing down there – uh, wasn't really applicable. So I kind of regrouped, I went to Indianapolis a little closer to home and then decided I wanted to do food. So I spent some time in Alaska, um, and then found myself on the East coast. Did you, did you have ties to Door County when you were younger or did you discover it along not, the way? Not at all. I, you know, I grew up on the East coast and I was in Newport and Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard and all those places. 
and um, I really loved it. But living out there, it's tough to afford. And I found, you know, 15 years ago that uh, the Midwest was the place to be. And then I moved up here, and I was probably here for 10 years before I even discovered Door County. And then I found it, and I was like, wow, this is just like home. Um, and I ended up buying a restaurant here, so... So up here, you've got Chives and Behringer's. Is yep. there a third one in Door County? Uh, no, I have Chives and Behringer's, and I have a couple food trucks. You know, I have a, an old Ford, 1945 Ford that I did a wood-fired pizza kitchen in that I do at the brewery. And then this year, I'm adding another one over at Hatch Distillery that's a 1950 logging truck that's a full burger fry, fish fry kitchen. I want to I wanna dig into the, the food trucks and the, the chives and barringers, but why don't we start back a little bit at the beginning? You talked a little bit about how you were um, at the stadium for a while. What was it like opening up your first restaurant? You know, I, restaurants are funny. I think the, the best chefs and the best cooks and everybody out there are the ones that don't have that much attitude. And by working in so many different things, it really helped me. And then... When I went to Chives, it was like Green Bay's different, you know, and, and, and Door County's different and everywhere. But um, opening your first restaurant and that one from all the experiences that I had was easier because I found myself able to take care of a larger demographic of people. You know, the fine dining to the guys that want a burger or fish fry. So Chives down in Green Bay was your first restaurant, right? Yep. And you kind of yeah. ballooned out from there. Yep. Tell us about kind of the, the escalation on your way up to Door County. Um, well, you know, I, find, I found that it's really hard to find professional help here. It's really hard to find help in general. And when I found somebody, I didn't want to lose them. And I have a restaurant addiction. So I have a group of people that needed to make more money and move on. I didn't want them to move on, so I'd open another restaurant. And I'd just kind of morph my team. It was just, you know, uh, expanding through not wanting to get rid of people and having family. Yeah, that seems like it's kind of a through line. I was doing a little bit of research on Chives and, and your team here in Door County before you came in. And it seems like you're, you're really about the people that work for you. Yeah, I'm huge about the people. I, you know, I people always come up to me and be like, JR, God, awesome dinner last night, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it, you know, it's not me. <laughs> I hate to say it. I really love what I'm addicted to in restaurants is one, the staff, the people and doing it. But I like creating opportunity for these guys that work for me. And I, I'm i only as good as your worst cook. So I train the cooks around me and l provide the tools and opportunity for them. And that's what I like doing. I'm not as much a chef anymore and a cook as much as a guy that likes to create opportunity for people. And, and Door County is a great place to do that. You know, give them the tools and the opportunity to live in every aspect, whether it's the restaurant or find housing for them or whatever. I mean, I house, I think there's not, out of like the four or five people that run the restaurants, I think I house probably three or four of them, you know, um, just to make it an opportunity for them to succeed up here. Well, and that's huge. I mean, the finding housing for employees up here is a huge problem, and it's awesome that you're able to accommodate like that. I think it's the only way to do it. You know, I mean, the only the only way we're going to be successful in restaurants or anything is to create opportunity for other people. You can't do everything. Um, and the reason uh, the reason I'm successful isn't as much because of me. I'm really lucky that I have all these talented people around me 
and they do it for me, you know, so. When you first got into food, was it, was it the people or, or was there something different that inspired you when you were first starting out? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Restaurant industry in general is built for certain people. And I think I was one of those people and I just had to realize it. You know, I always tease people and say, oh, it's the land of misfit toys. Everyone that works for me probably wouldn't be able to work anywhere else. You know, so I just created a spot for them, um, for me, for them, for anybody that they, they wouldn't work in anything else. So tell me a little bit about the Door County locations. What was the inspiration like and, and why did you want to create a business up here? Uh, one need, you know, I think you always need uh, better and different, you know, the evolution of food up here. Uh, there, it just was a great opportunity to do it and to see that Door County needed it. Um, they needed a little bit of change. I mean, there's some f fabulous places up here and it all happened about the same time I came, you know, whether it's the Wickman house or Parador or wild tomato or, um, uh, Jesse up at, uh, the creamery, you know, the waterfront's been here a little bit longer, but all those places all started about five years ago and they all seem to be booming and growing and doing more. So uh, that's why I ended up up here. Why do you think that happened about five years ago? Or was there something that you saw coming from that industry that had changed? Um, well, I mean, it actually started to happen about 20 years ago, but Door County's a little behind, obviously. Uh, but <clears throat> you know, it's just people now are a little bit more educated on food. You know, people we're demanding even even the you know the people who eat for sustenance only even are a little bit more aware of the food that they eat. And I think that nowadays you have to do what you say. If you make home, if you say, "Oh, we make from scratch," everyone knows you got to make from scratch. And I think you know, five, 10 years ago when it, the movement all started up here to do better food, it's because of the need and everyone's awareness on food is my guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was the chives I know is very known for being farm to table, fresh ingredients, local seasonal inspiration. Is that originally what you had planned or has that evolved over time? Yeah. It's just my goal or my goal for my staff is to provide the best possible food we can or try to. And a lot of times it's local. A lot of times it isn't local, depending on if you're talking meat or vegetables or this or that. We have a short season up here. So our goal more is it, the farm to table thing is almost kind of just happens because it's better. Our goal is more to serve the best food we possibly can. You know, in the middle of winter, you can fly up, you know, red zoo tomatoes from Florida. Nowadays, everything is accessible because of, uh, you know, FedEx, FedEx and all that kind of stuff. So what's in season? Everything mm -hmm. all around the world. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter when because you can get everything within a day. So it's more of, you know, I like to use local. That's my number one thing. Or I like to use you know, the freshest farm that we know. But I, my goal more is to do the best food we can and the best quality. How do you come up with your uh, menu? Because I know it does change based on that. Is that something you work together as a that team? It has a lot to do with it. I, you know, for me over the years, people, I get cravings. I love food. And I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but 
what what are you going to have next week? Well, I was watching TV and I saw, you know, this and it was like, God, you got to have it. So usually that's where our creativity comes <laughs> from. You know, and I sit around with the cooks. We have a huge in our library at Chai's. We have tons of cookbooks in there. We'll just sit down and start flipping through and get ideas. As cooks, we don't really you don't really follow a cookbook and you don't mm-hmm. really hugely follow a recipe, but they're great for inspiration. Yeah. So that's where a lot of our food comes from is a whim, talking mm-hmm. to the cooks and having a craving or doing this, or it's in season or, you know, one of the farmers show up with this, or you know, halibut's in season or ramps or morels and, you know, things like that. You know, now I can't wait for the season sometimes in Door County. Like I ordered, you know, 10 pounds of morel mushrooms that come out of West Virginia or somewhere that they're already picking or ramps. Cause I like to be a little bit before the season because yeah. I'm so in- excited for it. <laughs> So when did Behringer's open? I know that's more recent. Uh, Behringer's was, I think, two years ago or two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just came up. That just opportunity you can't pass up. You know, a guy said to me, I love Fish Creek. Uh, this guy, Dan, and and uh, he said, I love Fish Creek. I want to buy this building, but I'll only buy it if you run the restaurant for me because he's a fan of all my restaurants. I didn't really want another restaurant, but I love the challenge and the idea of turning. So I think that building turned out really cool. And, uh, you know, the designers knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. and and it, it was just opportunity and the challenge of doing it. Yeah, that's a really awesome location. And I was super impressed the first time I went in and the ability to sit outside and be kind of inside. And there was the bar there, the open windows. That was my takeaway, too. Uh, it, it has this feel that's really interesting. I'm from Minneapolis originally, so the outdoor seating and, like, the people watching and stuff like that is something that I kind of missed when I came up here. But to be able to, like, hang out in Fish Creek right off the where the traffic pattern is and eat outside and see people moving around, was it, it reminded me of that. It gave me that nostalgia, which I really appreciated. Yeah, you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but... I kind of, um, I try to do what I'm good at, which is like cook kitchens and cooking. And I hand off the other people, but I had these designers that came in and I had a vision in my head where I told them, I said, you know, this is like a boathouse. Think 1920s boathouse with a modern flair. And they just kind of killed it, you know, and it looks just like that, but, uh, it works. It's a neat building. It's fun to sit in. It's modern, but not, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's neat. So what's the difference between what, how would you describe Behringer's versus Chives? Um, I'd say Chives is a little bit more chef-driven. I think the quality of Behringer's is really good. It's like a supper club but elevated. You know, we, it's not like just baked potato. You know, they do that cool baked potato that they slice it, then they bake it, and then to order they fry it so it's crispy and you get like a slice on each, you know, nice. or fried Brussels sprouts or things like that. So it's really, if you look at the menu, it's everything a supper club has just done a little different. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. 
To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the Cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. What's the what's the ideology behind the food at Chives and Behringer's? What were you trying to accomplish with them? You know, just cook good food. I like all different types of food, whether it's I appreciate McDonald's. I think they're consistent and good and you know where you're going to go. I mean, I also love, you know, eating at Alinea in Chicago. So I, I just really love food that it's the best that it can be. And that's what I try to do at those. And also I want to create a place that a foodie likes and your grandfather, you can bring and eat and find something to eat. I think there's too many one percenter places out there, places that, God, this food all looks cool, but I'm just in the mood for this, you know, and not that simple. And I, I try to create an environment or coach my team to create an environment that takes care of everybody. And that's my goal. You know, whether you're a foodie or it's your grandfather or you're a simple person that only likes meat and potatoes. You know, I like to find an environment that you can go in and get everything like that. That's a really good point and great way to approach it, especially I feel like indoor County, because I think that, you know, you are serving a broad audience of families that are coming up for the summer. So it's, yeah, it's, it's grandma, grandpa, it's your mm-hmm. aunt, it's your cousin that's from Chicago or New York and they want to have something interesting, but everybody's going out to dinner together. So it ties into one of my kind of philosophies on cooking is, you know, there's a lot of cooks out there that get mad when somebody wants something well done, or I can't believe they want ketchup with that or this or that. And as an older cook, you learn you that you take more pride in cooking for the people than you do for yourself. A lot of cooks cook for themselves and get mad and say, God, they shouldn't have it like that. You know, yeah, they probably shouldn't, but it's more of a challenge to make a moist, well-done steak than it is to make a perfect medium-rare steak. You know, too many people, you know, mush it on the grill and it's dried and burnt and the old piece of meat from that you want to get rid of. And I don't push that. You know, they pretty much get the same piece of meat everyone else is. We just cook it well done. Mm -hmm. And we're proud of doing that. That's the biggest thing I push on the guys that run my places for me. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the food trucks. What got you into that? I always wanted one. And one day I was like, look, you know, you're looking at pictures in a magazine. I saw this old truck. And I thought, God, that'd be neat in Door County. And I I, I, uh, I, just wanted to build one. I think it's fun. You know, it's neat. It's that new casual, fast, quick. Um, you can do anything. You can change the menu. It's low labor. You don't need a lot of people, but you can put out good food. And people appreciate it. You know, and like I said before, you have to cook for everybody. And people are aware of what's good and what isn't good. And I think the years of concessions where you just did hamburgers and hot dogs and things like that that were cooked three hours ahead of time and in a warmer are over. You know, I learned that just Lambeau Field and doing golf tournaments and, you know, uh, setting up catering around the nation, you know, that changed and evolved. The same timing as, like, when I came up here, but people are just more aware. And that gives me gave me the venue and the way to bring it outside the restaurant and to do it effectively not out of a cooler with a temporary setup, you know, depending on where you're going. How many food trucks do you have? Um, I have sort of three. 
Um, I have the green little farm to truck one that just kind of goes anywhere. It's used for catering or this or farmer's market or quick setup. And then I have the two, one that's almost complete, uh, the 1951 Burger Kitchen that I'll have this season. But And then I have the pizza truck. And where do they go usually? Where can you find them? I just like, you know, there's so many funny rules on it and people don't like them. Uh, I'd love to be able to go everywhere, but I just kind of use them as a concession stand. You know, I set them up at the brewery or I set it up at, I'm going to set it up at Hatch Distillery. And that works good for me with all the laws. I'd love some way for it to change. I wish people would realize, you know, they the more the merrier, but... Uh, people don't and they don't like them and that so well and I think that what you're doing is is interesting because I feel like when people think food trucks they think that like push in old burgers and that kind of stuff but yeah. the the food trucks that we've been seeing in Door County are of an elevated fare the same that you would find anywhere else in Door County yeah. so the the pizza that you're making is uh, is is more towards gourmet than yeah. it is to like take and bake you know yeah. what I mean so you're you're using these food trucks as as an interesting way to deliver really unique food rather than just a, you know, a mobile concession stand. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and people appreciate that. They look for a food truck. They think it's neat. I remember the busiest day I've ever had on a food truck where we just were in the weeds. I went to a ukulele festival, and I was like, ah, ukulele, we'll do some Hawaiian food. And I did poke and Kahlua pork tacos. And everybody wanted them. It was one of my busiest days on a food truck. And... Kahlua pork tacos and poke. I mean, who's, you know, raw tuna and and pork baked in a banana leaf. You know, who's who's used to doing that? You know, and it just so, yeah, they do look for something different. So I'm excited to hear about uh, the food truck at Hatch because I'm a big fan of Hatch and I know that there's a lot happening in Egg Harbor. So more people are looking to visit and kind of see what's happening in that area. And it's awesome that there's going to be another food option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the. Egg Harbor is like such a foot traffic town and it's like the first one that you go and and I think it's going to be a good culinary spot. Right. In yeah. Dork. But everybody seems to be growing. You know, Sister Bay is huge. Bailey's Harbor's getting bigger. Everybody. It's that movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think, you know, there's the, the, the classic supper clubs, which I feel like the younger generations are recognizing as an awesome thing, but it's not the okay, every Thursday, every Friday, we're going to go to the supper club and do that every week. They're going to do that once every few months because they want to try new things or they want that more experimental side of food. Um, so I don't think supper clubs will ever go, go away, and I don't think fish boils and cherries are never going to not be a staple of Door County. But Well, and people want variety, too. I mean, if you come up Thursday to Monday, you you want to take in the, the fish boil and the, the cherry French toast and everything, but you want so much more as well. And and giving people a, a myriad of different choices is is only helpful. Like there's, there's no drawback to, if anything, the only downside is I, I wasn't able to fit it all in in my weekend. I'll have to do it next time. You know well, what I mean? Well, you know, people are changing. You know, it used to be when I'd go on vacation, I'd go to the same spot and I always eat here and I'm here on Fridays and I'm here on Saturdays. And I don't think people do that anymore because food and entertainment and, and drinking and being social is less routine now. People mix it up. Has... Um, Chives always been open every winter? Um, well, no. The first year I wasn't, but then I decided I got sick of opening up a new restaurant. And uh, I'm funny. I, I've worked a lot of seasonal work. I worked in, in 
Stowe, Vermont, where November 1st, I had 30 employees. December 1st, I had 375. Wow. And I did that for years. And I am on nowadays, more and more people are living in Door County year round. More and more people need that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I honestly, you don't make a lot of money in the winter, but what you lose or what you break even makes it easier to open in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more of these younger people move up here, yeah. live up here, have an opportunity uh, to to be here year round, you mm-hmm. know. And I really am, on, the more we have open, the more people will come and the more businesses share. There is that period that is like a little in flux, you mm-hmm. know, during that time where maybe too many places are open. But eventually, people don't need the water. People don't need to be able to uh, live outside to visit. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you guys or anybody, you know, you take off in your car and you go some for a weekend. Why? Just to stay in a hotel and just to go out to eat, just to do something different. And there's no reason why people in Chicago or Green Bay or anywhere shouldn't come up here in the winter. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we give them to do, whether it's retail or any of that, the better it's going to be for us as a whole. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I feel like I've seen more and more open and yeah, having those options is just key to being able to live up here year round. Yeah, definitely. Tell me, uh, your your wife and your kids are involved in, in your businesses in some capacity, right? Yeah, uh, they all, most all of them work for me. I didn't, they didn't have to. Um, I didn't force it on them. I think that they, uh, they're all good and they all do something different. My daughter bakes, my son's a sommelier, and my other son's a chef, and his wife uh, does all the catering in Appleton, so... They just, it's, it's nice work. It's, it's great working with your family, but sometimes it's awkward, but um, it pays off. It, it's nice. It makes you proud at the end of the day. So your kids working around you and everything. But I actually, it's not only just my family, everyone. I ha- actually have like 37 kids because the kids, the guys that work for me in the kitchens and run them and all that kind of stuff are like family to me too. So that's life of the restaurant. You mm-hmm. know? Some people that start at Chives or Bands or that, it's weird because they're cult-like, you know, and I don't know, I don't know if I groom it or if something happens, but it makes you feel good when you walk in the restaurant, you know, at 11 o'clock at night and they're there playing a board game, you know, and <laughs> everyone stays. They don't leave work. They're in the employee lounge and they're playing a board game together, you know, mm-hmm. it's neat. Well, and I think that that ties to you staying open year round. It, it, you want to keep people with you and you want to grow your team because if you have to hit the reset button every summer, it, oh, it gets harder and harder to do that. It's impossible. It's impossible to to hire a new staff every year. So might as well stay open and make sure they're happy and figure out housing for them and, you know, do all that. Create opportunity. That's like, like I said before, it's, I find myself as much a... Uh, I don't know, is it an angel investor or a opportunity person? Because the more opportunity I create for those guys, the more I can do and, you know, get better, I guess. Yeah, when I talked to Lucas last spring, it was right after you had been awarded at Chives for Wine Spectator List, having a great wine list. Um, Just how he, I was like, how did you get into wine? He's like, well, you know, I wanted to specialize in something and, you know, that we didn't really... You know, there's craft cocktails, but I w- had watched a Netflix uh, show on Psalm, which is a popular wine. Um, and then he's like, I went out to California for a few months and, you know, went and did it. And so ever since then, he's been super interested in that, obviously, and been working on 
adding that wine cellar that you did last summer. And now you sell wine, correct? Yeah. Out of there based on what he's collecting and building. And just, it's very interesting. And it obviously he's able to pursue that and just keep growing. So. Yeah, it's fun. That's the opportunity they said create mm-hmm. for an individual. It's your son or another employee or whatever. Right. You know, you're only as good as your worst employee. So if you give them opportunity to get better, you're going to be better. And your business is going to be better. I couldn't do it without all those guys and yeah. what they do. So what does the future look like for Chives and Behringer's? Are there are there more restaurants on the way? Are you ready no, to settle I'm into done. what you got? I, I'm done opening restaurants. I really like the food truck. I was I moved up here to actually kind of slow down. You know, the restaurant industry is tough, and I've been all over and been there, done that. I thought, all right, I'll go up there, and I'll just kind of settle. But the, I didn't settle, <laughs> you know. I, 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 you, never, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I, a couple, you know, 12, 15 years ago, I was asked to go to Africa on this thing, and I ended up opening up a bakery in Africa, you know. So um, that's another thing that we do have is a not-for-profit bakery. We feed about 6,000 kids bread a week profitably in uh, rural Rwanda. So I'm not going to say, I'm going to say I have no intentions of opening up another restaurant. I'm going to settle, but you never know what will happen. Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, JR, for coming in and chatting with us. And uh, look forward to checking you guys out this summer and seeing the the food truck up at Hatch. Yes, I'm excited about that, too, because I live in Egg Harbor. And it's been exciting to see all the new culinary pursuits opening up in there. And uh, and I think that you and Hatch together will make kind of a really cool experience. Yeah, you, like, you love fries, too. If you like French fries, there's going to be like all sorts of Belgian French fries with toppings and Awesome. That kind of stuff, so a little addictive food. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you again soon. All right. Thank you. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Door County Pulse.